Have you ever been on the receiving end of feedback that you are just too much, a little extra? (laughs) Have you ever been told that you're just a lot? It's a tough piece of feedback to receive because what does too much mean anyway? Too passionate, too energetic, too authentic? And what the hell are you supposed to do with that information? Behave with less authenticity, passion, or energy? As a communication coach, I have worked with really confused people trying to understand this particular piece of feedback. And as a passionate, enthusiastic, outspoken woman myself, I've also been on the receiving end of this feedback. In fact, shout outs to my colleague from 20 years ago who asked if I was on drugs or just always this happy. (laughs) I was not on drugs, (laughs) but maybe caffeine does count. Anyway, you're too much is not a super fun or actionable piece of feedback. But here's what I know. This feedback can be absolutely golden if you can identify the reason behind it. Because a lot of times when people say those words that you're too much, they don't know how to articulate what they're feeling about you. And it just comes out like that. So I found that there are usually three main reasons for this feedback. And reason number one is that sometimes people will perceive you as quote unquote too much if they don't feel seen or heard in your presence. Our deepest desire as human beings is to really feel seen and heard. And if in your unbridled enthusiasm, you let's say tend to cut people off or ignore their ideas, you probably are too much for them in that moment. And if this is resonating for you, now may be the perfect opportunity to work on listening. And I did a whole two-part segment on listening in season one called Deep Listening, part one and two. And I highly suggest you go back and give that a listen. Get it? Listen. But in the interest of time, here's a shortcut, quick hit on how you might be a better listener. And the first piece of advice I have, if this is you, and you've been given this feedback and you suspect it's because you're not allowing other people to really show up and be seen and heard, first of all, try losing your agenda. When someone is talking, try to listen to that person without any judgment and without an agenda. People know when you're listening to understand and when you're listening to manipulate or counter argue, they feel it very, very clearly. They may not be able to articulate it, but they feel it. Now, does it mean you have to give up on your goals or your intentions for a conversation or a negotiation? Of course not. In fact, I really know that it is possible to listen with a completely open mind and get your needs met during a conversation. So trust that that is the case and set down your agenda long enough to relax into that state of clear perception. In fact, for me, of all the different listening techniques that I have in my arsenal, that one I just gave you, that losing your agenda one, that is the hardest for me. The other ones, I really, I'll list the other ones in a minute. I rock at those other ones. I crush them. But this first one, losing your agenda, it's really hard for me. And that's because I'm a rescuer. I just am. It's probably what makes me a really good coach, but it can also make me a really freaking annoying friend right? I work so hard to not be this way, but my natural inclination, if you're my friend and you call me and you're not feeling good or you have an issue or whatever, I'm going to try and fix it. I'm going to give you advice. I'm going to 
listen, but through the lens of rescuing. And that is not listening. That's manipulating, right? Because then if I give you advice, now I've got an expectation that you need to behave a certain way, which is total bullshit. That's not real listening. So if you're listening to this and you're a rescuer, beware, be cautious. This is a lifetime thing I'm going to be working on and you might need to work on it too. So keep yourself open and aware of that. But back to listening. Let's say you've been told you're too much and you think, you think, you think it might be because you're not the best listener. So number one to becoming a better listener is lose your agenda, lose the need to control, just perceive. Number two is tune in, become as present to the conversation as possible. Notice the facial expressions, the body language of the people talking to you. When do they lean forward with interest or when do they lean back as if they're disconnecting or reach for their phone, right? Is there an emotional message behind the literal words they're speaking? And if so, what's that about? Really drop in and tune in. The third thing is to show people that you hear them. And it may sound really stupid, but show the speaker, the person that you're talking to, that you're listening with your body language, right? Keep your facial expression open and curious. No resting bitch face. <laughs> Is there a male version of resting bitch face? Resting dick face? Ugh, God, that sounds terrible. There must be some version of that. But when we, I had this friend growing up whose listening face was the most judgmental listening face. In fact, people barely ever told her the truth about things because her listening face was a scowl. It was like this super judgy look. And when you call her out on it and be like, dude, you're looking at me like you're judging me. She'd be like, really? My God, I'm not. I just, that's just my listening face. <laughs> like, what's your listening face? Do we need to look at that? It, we might need to look at that. Sometimes my listening face gets crossed and I have to be really mindful of that too. But you want to keep your expression open and interested and friendly. Uncross your arms, right? If someone is communicating something that's weighted, like emotionally, or is complicated, consider showing them that you hear them by paraphrasing what they've said. That gives them the opportunity to correct you if you've got a misperception going or to kind of adjust what they're saying because they may be saying something out loud for the first time and just figuring out what they think. So by paraphrasing it, you're creating an even safer environment for them to say what they need to say and feel heard. Allow people the opportunity to correct your perceptions and find a way to validate their point of view even if you don't agree with it. So phrases like, I can see why you take that position, it makes a ton of sense, is a great way of signaling your point is valid. Your point of view is valid. I may not agree with it, but I understand it. This is powerful magic in a conversation and shows people that you hear them. And last but not least, and if you've ever seen me speak, this is like broken record message. If you really want to make people feel seen and heard and appreciated, attempt to take absolutely nothing personally. I know it's easier said than done, but if you can commit to just perceiving the perspectives of somebody else without feeling hurt or defensive or angry, you're just going to get so much more data out of that conversation. You're going to gather more perspective, more insight, more interest, more information. Because the minute we take something personally, we shut down and then we become terrible listeners. And then that feedback of you're too much, probably true. If you're taking something personally, there is no space for anybody else in that situation. 
So a little bit of listening goes a long way. And these four tactics that we talked about, right, they take some practice. So you may just want to focus on one. And just to review, those tactics are lose your agenda, tune in, show them you hear them, and take nothing personally. Just maybe choose one to work on and see how it changes the way people feel about you. Okay, so that's reason number one for your too much. People just don't feel seen or heard in your presence. But what if that's not it? What if the problem isn't actually you? What if the problem is them? Which leads me to reason number two for why you're being told you're too much. Reason number two I like to call the lobster factor. So once upon a time, a chef placed several lobsters into a giant pot of boiling water and she didn't put the lid on the pot and her sous chef noticed this lack of lid situation and she said well aren't you worried those lobsters are going to try and climb out and the chef replied no if one tries to escape the others just pull it right back down in other words sometimes the you're too much feedback isn't about you at all it's about the culture you find yourself in it's that you are the lobster trying like hell to crawl out of the pot of boiling water, right? There are people among us who, through no fault of their own, were fed a steady diet of messages all their lives to kind of fly below the radar and keep it cool and don't attract too much attention. Don't speak up too much lest you draw criticism, right? And for those kinds of people, a big, brave, technicolor personality is threatening on many levels, right? You threaten their sense of how it's supposed to work. Here they've played super hard and by the rules to stay under the radar and to play by the protocol. And here you go rewriting the rules and they're not having it, right? They're like, what the hell was all my low laying for? If this jackass can be authentic and get away with it. No, no, no. We're pulling you back down. And remember, that's not their fault. We live in tribes, And like my Finding Your Voice episode, tribes can be real averse to anything that smells, looks, or acts different, right? So what's a lobster to do? What do you do if you find yourself in the lobster scenario? First, here's the thing. Be so careful before you label yourself as an escapee lobster. Always err in favor of doubling down on listening because I have seen people dismiss legitimate feedback that they're too much because they would way prefer to cast themselves as the lone brave lobster, which is just another version of like the victim narrative or a martyr situation because that's more fun than being cast as a bad listener, right? But the fact is sometimes you really are being pulled down to earth for daring to soar too high. And if that is the case, go back and listen to the Finding Your Voice podcast because that will help. But also this is my favorite mantra for when I really am the escapee lobster, (laughs) doesn't happen often, but sometimes it happens. My mantra is this. My only job in this lifetime is to honor and trust my own sense of integrity, my own sense of courage, and my own desire to love and to be loved. And I love this mantra. Sometimes I just say integrity, courage, love, and that's like the shorthand. But I love this mantra because it forces me to focus on what I can control. And the only thing I can control moment to moment is acting from a place of personal integrity and being brave and believing that love is the only thing that matters. And sometimes that means loving myself through a situation, right? Sometimes loving yourself through an act of courage, through an act of lobster escaping 
is like the highest act of integrity and courage you can offer the world. So by repeating that mantra, my only job in this lifetime is to honor and trust my own integrity, my courage, my love. That mantra helps me get clear about my own behavior and the behavior of others. It helps me own what I can own and let go of what I can let go of. But there's a third reason for the you're too much feedback. And I got to tell you a story about it. This happened really recently. So I'm going to try and like obfuscate a little bit so it's not obvious and cause harm to those who might recognize it. But I was recently in a conversation with a gathering of people and they were friends, but not super close friends, but like kind people, good people. And I knew them well enough, but I wasn't in their circle, right? I'm not in their tribe. And I could tell they were working hard to include me in this tribe, in this conversation. And I know that they were trying to include me because they were focusing much of their attention on me. But within like five minutes, I started to feel really tired and drained. And I started to hear the voice in my head say, Jesus, God, these people are too much for me. And I had to laugh because I knew I was planning on recording this episode, which, you know, that's how the universe works. Like you, you land face first in the lesson you need to teach. And when I say land face first, I was the student in this scenario. So I have this moment where I'm like, these people are too much freaking for me. Like I can't, this is too much. And so I started to kind of observe at a slight distance emotionally and mentally and psychologically. So I could just figure out like, why are these people too much for me right now? And what I began to notice was that this little tribe communicated with each other in the language of what I would describe as good-natured ribbing, teasing, shit-talking. And I next realized that I was the object of this good-natured ribbing and teasing and shit-talking. And I further noticed that the good-natured ribbing and shit-talking had little traces of shaming inside of it, right? It was good-natured funny shade throwing, basically. And it was small scale. It was small scale shade throwing. And probably to the untrained ear, it wouldn't have been any big deal. But you know, Jesus, I do this for a living. So I spotted it immediately. And after about 10 minutes of being ribbed and teased all from a good place, right? None of it was ill-intended. It wasn't like I was being shamed over like important life choices. It was just little digs over and over. And I started to get annoyed. Surely there is something else we can talk about. I thought to myself, like, what really are we still, it's 10 minutes. Are we still giving me shit? And so sensing my annoyance, another person in the tribe kindly said to me, oh, Bronwyn, it's just how we talk to each other. Feel free to hit back. And with a smile on my face that I think was genuine. I don't know. I was so strung out at that point. I said, no, no, I'm just observing how your friend here is trying to shame me into doing something that I don't want to do. And you know what? That's never going to fucking happen. Yikes. (laughs) I, I actually said that. And immediately the needle went off the record because I had violated the conversational structures, right? The fundamental agreement of this tribe. I had spoken out loud the secret code of dialogue, which was we throw shade at each other and it's fun and we're having a great time and you just ruined it. And in that moment, I was the one that was too much, right? Instead of gently redirecting the conversation to something I wanted to talk about, I cast judgment on their tribal way of communicating. I shamed them. And I found myself 
in this like icy conversational silence that I had created. I basically shit on their house, right? Do you guys remember that that movie from the 80s, Can't Buy Me Love? And he's like, why'd you shit on my house, man? So I shit on their house, as it were. And while their shade throwing at me and shaming of me was probably mostly unconscious and totally playful, my shaming of them was conscious and my intentions were to inflict pain. How about that? How's that for a moment? I'm telling you, I was the student in this dynamic, but I come back bearing lessons. It's not something I'm proud of, but this is what leads me to the third reason behind you're too much. It may be that you're in the wrong tribe and nobody's to blame. It's just an energetic mismatch. That is what happened to me in that conversation. I've never been relaxed or comfortable in groups of people that like ribbing each other on the constant. It makes me feel like I have to be hypervigilant. And so my brain is constantly coiled and poised to either defend myself or dish it out quickly and cleverly. And I end up just tired and pissy after like five minutes, hence my story and poor reaction. But some people love sparring and they get a ton of enjoyment out of it. And it's like a joyful little tribal knuckle. What do you call it when you rub a knuckle on somebody's head, a noogie? It's like a noogie and it's gentle and it's no problem. This behavior isn't right or wrong. It's just preference. And so what I learned in this interaction is that I get triggered by good-natured ribbing if it goes on too long. And now that I know this about myself, now that I've discovered this, I can handle that situation better when I become too much or when they become too much. I can recognize, look, this is just a tribal mismatch and I can excuse myself. I can go get a drink or go to the bathroom or go make a phone call or troll Instagram or go see if my cactus has been watered. You know what I mean? There's no need for me to punch back. I can step out of the ring. Just because they're into boxing doesn't mean I have to be. So that third category, you may not be in the right tribe, may be the culprit of the you're too much thing too. Or it may be the reason why you're calling somebody else too much. Go find your tribe and love them hard. As the saying goes, I wish I knew who said that. Find your tribe and love them hard. I've seen it so many places. I have no idea who it belongs to. So whoever came up with that, good job. But it may be that you're just doing that us versus them jam right? Because we can exist happily in our little tribes without becoming warring tribes. I think that's key. I think that's key. So to recap, if you hear you're too much as a piece of feedback, it could be A, you really aren't making somebody feel seen or heard and you need to learn to listen better. I think that's pretty much all of us at some point or another. B, you're a lobster in a pot of lobsters trying to drag a brother or sister back down into the water. Or C, you're just in the wrong tribe. You need to move along without throwing shit on anybody's house (laughs) like I did. So I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. And the next time you get that piece of feedback or you hear that piece of feedback, run it through. See which feels right. Or maybe there's another category we haven't even discovered yet. But either way, check the culture you're in. Ask yourself honestly, is it me or is it them? And then make a plan to deal with it and get back in the game. Because at your core, at your best, you're not too much. You could never be too much. In fact, the world needs 100% of you. And I've got lots of love for you here. High fives to anyone out there who's ever been told they're too much. 
at least we're trying, right? Shine on you crazy diamonds. I'll see you next time. <laughs>